It's only lunch. <laughs> Amen. There's no rush. Romans 15.4 says, For everything was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Amen? Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you yet again. This is a house of prayer, and I come to you today and ask for your guidance over this message, Lord. Lord, that you may bind my tongue if something comes from me. Lord, I just want to speak what you have for us. In Jesus' name, anoint my lips today so that I can help others better understand you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Okay, so last week we learned, uh, we learned a couple of things, or we were reminded of a couple of things. Last week we talked about the Trinity and what is the Trinity, and we talked that that God is a being, and the Father is a person, the Son is a person, and the Holy Spirit is a person. Just like I am a human being, but I am also a person. I am jade. I have feelings. I have emotions. A human being, or a being, is an entity, a person, or personhood, is in the ways that we think and show compassion. So where us on earth, we are one being and we are one person, the Trinity we've talked about last week, we, we, God is one being and three persons, which is how the Father is 100% God, the Son is 100% God, and the Holy Spirit is all God as well. That's one thing. The other thing that we learned last week was Chevrolet is much better than Ford, so thank you for affirming that. <laughs> Um, so now, here's something that I like. Uh, one, we're a good small size church, so I can see if you're nodding off, and I haven't seen anyone nodding off in the last 10 minutes, so that's good. But what I really like is when people come to me the coming days after service and they ask questions about the message. And it, it tells me that they're not only listening, but they're taking in what's being shared. And that's, that's very important. And as we learn about the, more about the Trinity today, and as we begin to, to build or continue to build stronger relationships with God, we're going to begin to learn that there's a separation between religion and relationship. And we'll cover that another time. It's not for today. But, but one of the questions, when, when, I, when I talked about the Trinity, someone came and said, no, well, what about Jesus? If the Trinity existed at the beginning of time, and we saw that in Genesis where God referred to himself as us and other areas, if the Trinity was here the whole time, then where was Jesus in the Old Testament? Do we all know today that Jesus was in several places throughout the Old Testament? If we were to look at Exodus chapter 33, verse 20, it says, But he said, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me, and live. So that's referring to the face of God. Now this is interesting. No one could see God's face and live. It's, it's repeated several times in Scripture that we cannot see 
God. We cannot see God the Father. If we were to see his face, surely we would die. We would not live. Which is, is interesting because if you go back, now this was, by the way, this was, uh, this, was, um, this was the Father, this was God talking to Moses. And Moses said, let me see you, Lord. And he said, surely you cannot look upon my face. Okay, so we have scripture that says we cannot see the face of God. But then what about when we go back just a little bit and we go to Abraham? Did Abraham get to see God and Moses not get to see God? Genesis chapter 16, verse 1, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. We're not going to go on through that story, but we're going to focus on the first line. It says, the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees. So how can the Lord appear, but the Lord can't be seen? How can Abraham see the Lord, but we later learn in Moses that he can't be seen? Of course, it said that, you know, three men visited Abraham, and one of the three men that visited was God himself. We know he was God because the text, Scripture says it. We're led to believe that the other two are angels. Okay? We won't get in that. There's a, there's, there's a lot of conversation and differencing of opinion there. We're not going to get lost in the weeds. But how can this be if we can't see God? What did Abraham see? Now, I want to bring up a, a really fancy term, but I want to explain what this is. This is called Christophany. Okay? Christophany comes from two Greek words, Christo and Phaneru. Okay? Which means to be revealed or to manifest. The person that Abraham saw was a manifestation of Jesus. Christophany is a visible manifestation or appearance of Christ before and after his human incarnation. Okay? Just so you know, there are over 300 instances in the Old Testament where Jesus was seen or referred to, but not in his human form. The Trinity has been here since the beginning of time. Now, I I like this question because it shows us, even with Moses, even with Abraham, it shows us the the answer to what we're going to talk about today. And what we're talking about today is not the what is the Trinity, but why is the Trinity. Even scripture that we just covered is a good example of why we need the Trinity in our lives. Okay? Now, the above conversation is a perfect example, all right? So, two quick considerations to think about this, all right? We need to see God. Even in the Old Testament, we needed to see God. All right? If we don't see God, and if we just hear about God, or if we just learn about God, then it kind of makes God seem apathetic and not really... Um, close to us. 
When we learn about a God that we don't see or interact with or feel in our spirits, he seems a little far away. That's why most people that are not Christians, and even some that are Christians, are having a hard time understanding God's true love for them because they still see God as someone in the clouds somewhere. Or even worse, they see God in the sky waiting for you to make a mistake so he can squash you. That is not the God that we serve. That is not agape love. But I want to compare this to something real quick. And, and we think one of the really neat outreaches that, that, uh, that this church does is uh, Wednesday, mid-month, and then one Friday a month. We, uh, we and, and I say we, I've been once. This church has been doing it long before me. We go out and we feed the homeless. Now, when you hear me say feed the homeless, you're thinking, oh, well, that's good. That's, uh, you know, these people need help and we're giving them some help. But what if you knew one of these homeless people? What if you knew, let's just call him Frank. What if, instead of him being homeless, what if he was Frank? And what if he lost his wife in some sort of an accident? And what if he couldn't recover from that, that he fell into poverty and he got sick and he couldn't take care of the medical bills? What about Frank that lost everything and the only thing he can look to is coming on Friday and having some meals and going back to his tent wherever he is. Now there's a difference between homeless person and Frank. And the difference is we now know this homeless person. We now have compassion for him on a different level than just going, oh, we're feeding the homeless. No, now we're providing sustenance to someone who has lost his way and we want to help him get home. I'm going to go to the end and cheat. I'm going to tell you the end of the scripture, the end of the message right now. The why of the Trinity is because we need the Trinity. We need that closeness. If God were to send just a messenger, if God were to send Jesus the messenger, not Jesus the God, not Jesus the holy Jesus, if he were just to send people to do his bidding, Will our salvation really mean anything? Can we truly have salvation if God just sent one of his underlings to die on the cross for us? No, he sent himself. He sent himself. He allowed himself to be tortured, beat, crucified, ultimately killed, and resurrected. If that happened to any other person, it would just be a, another day in the neighborhood. But it didn't happen to a messenger or another person. It happened to God himself because Jesus is 100% God. If we're going to have a personal relationship with God, we need to see him up close. The Trinity exists for us to see God up close. Now, I want to not forget about this in case we don't cover anything. Just like every week, I have sermon notes. I'd invite you to take these at the end of service and write them down or at least uh, hold on to them and stick them on your refrigerator. But what we're covering today is extremely, extremely important. Because what you're going to see, and I'll cover this later, but what you're going to see is we're not learning about God to say that, okay, now I know who God is, not, not to beat our chests and be more knowledgeable. We're learning about God because we're going to see by the depths of our learning that God desires a relationship with us. Amen? 
every aspect of the Trinity is vital to humanity. So is understanding it. Let's look at the purpose of each area of the Trinity. The purpose of which, not what it is or not what they are or what God is as the Trinity, but the purpose of each. So let's go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Real quick, real short, and we all know this prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we're going to first focus on God the Father. Okay? God the Father has a function. All right? It all, God the Father also has a status and a location, but we need to explain this. God the Father is the creator. Everything that we see and touch originated from the point of the creator. The coal, the diamonds, there will never be any more diamonds on earth than there, than there are the amount of coal in the ground or in the mountains. All of the coal, everything produced was created by God and he's not going, oops, I didn't make enough so I need to make more. Everything we see, everything we feel, everything that we touch, hear, etc., was from the creator. Now scientists, you know, made cars and other things, but the origination point for everything that we experience is from the creator. Now, what is his status? This is important. Set apart or holy. Now let me explain this. When uh, another question that was asked, we'll put it like this, another question that was asked this week was if Jesus is 100% God, then why on the cross did Jesus say, God, why have you forsaken me? And the answer to that is in the Trinity, God, the Father, is holy. God will not, God cannot be in the presence of sin. So, the person, the personhood of Jesus bore, held on to the weight of the sin of the world, but the being and the presence of God had to step aside because God cannot be in the presence of evil. God cannot be in the presence of evil. So God, as his status, he is set apart. He is holy. Light and dark can't occupy the same space. Amen? Now, where's his location? Everything needs a location. His location is in heaven. We saw that, and we saw that in Matthew. We saw that in Scripture. Our Father, hallowed be your name, our Father in heaven. Right? Everything humanity could ever need was created, but at that point, at that point, the Father's job, the Father, the Father's job was nearly complete, was done. He's in heaven now. Okay? So, now, let's move on. Oh, by the way, God is, I should have mentioned this, so as we break this down, we're going to do this for each one. God is our Father who provides and is set apart. Okay? Now let's go to God the Son. God the Son. What is the function of God the Son? Now that should be an obvious thing. 
God the Son is our Savior. His function is the Savior. I heard a message before, and it was really good, um, and, and, it, uh, and he titled it, The Old Testament Didn't Work. And he kind of worded it to make you think, oh, wait a minute, it's written, it had to have worked. But what he shared was really interesting. The Old Testament is written to show us how to be sanctified or to show us how to be holy. And when Jesus came, he didn't abolish the law, he didn't erase the law, he fulfilled it. So the Old Testament is used to help us to be a guide or to guide us into holiness. Jesus came to fulfill it so we're not penalized because as human beings there is no way that we could follow the Old Testament law or any of or the majority of these there's no way we can earn our ways in heaven Jesus's function the son's function was to be our savior now where is what is his status well we know now that he's seated okay he is seated at the right hand of God. Luke chapter 22, verse 66 through 69. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, not together, I'm sorry, met together, and Jesus uh, was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I ask you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. Jesus is our Savior who finished his assignment and is now seated in his location, which is now heaven. Okay? Now, function and location are very important because this next part of God's triune, and, I, and I'm even misspeaking and saying it part, the next element of the triune that we're going to talk about is, is my absolute favorite. It's the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of you may not know this, but we actually give Jesus the credit for a lot of what the Holy Spirit is doing. We say, Jesus, come to live in our heart. But how can Jesus, now bear with me, how can Jesus come to live in our heart if he is seated in heaven? Scripture tells us that he is seated in heaven. And we talk about Jesus walking with us, right? Jesus, take the wheel. Who remembers that song? Yeah? Some of you thought about that when I bought the motorcycle this week. <laughs> Jesus, take the handlebars. Okay, but we have to realize, or no, we don't have to realize, we want to realize that Jesus is not on the handlebars, it's not on the, uh, not on the steering wheel. Jesus is seated, just as he said in Scripture, Jesus is seated in heaven. Okay? That sounds sad, Jesus is not with us. That's not exactly true. But Scripture says Jesus is seated in heaven. Now, if I know Jesus, and I think I do, he's okay, and the Holy Spirit's okay when we uh, get the names mixed up. But let's look at John chapter 14, verse 26. John 14, 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, this is Jesus speaking, 
But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Moving to John 16, 7 and 8. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, think of that name, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So let's think about his task. Let's think about Jesus' job as our Savior. He came, he saved, and he went. He taught us how to live. He taught us how to fulfill the law. And he taught us what it takes to get into heaven. But now he has to go. That's why Jesus' location is in heaven. It is in heaven. But then comes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's function is our helper. Now, if we go back into the scripture, and you don't have to pull it up, but, but the New International Version uses the term advocate. But if you look at the King James Version, or the New King James Version, it actually uses a better word, and it's actually closer to what the original Greek meaning was, which was parakletos. Parakletos translates to the helper. The Holy Spirit's function is to be the helper. We feel the Holy Spirit every day. We often call the Holy Spirit Jesus. Don't forget, the Holy Spirit is 100% God. Jesus is 100% God. So we're not doing anything wrong. I like to talk to Jesus all the time because that is the human manifestation of something I can actually wrap my mind around. So we're not doing wrong by saying, Jesus, come into my heart. We're not. But look at the location of the Holy Spirit. The location of the Holy Spirit, the helper, is here on earth. And we may not see the Holy Spirit like we saw Jesus, and that's what makes it easy for us to say, Jesus, come into my heart. We may not see it, but we feel it. And we feel it in a couple of tangible ways that I think you're even going to go, oh, yeah, I do. So how many times have we done something in our life that we weren't proud of? Maybe even purposefully done, have that secret sin. And that, that pit in the stomach that we feel or, the, or our heart sinking. We haven't been caught in doing it, but we know it's not right. And we have that tendency to think that this wasn't right. Or what about that time you're going to, the, you're going to work and you take the same route every time every day but just today I don't know why but instead of turning left I'm gonna go right I'm gonna take this other route and then come to find out later that there may have been a terrible accident on the interstate of the route that you normally take but you happen to have taken another way that the Holy Spirit is here to nudge us in those directions to help us we feel the Holy Spirit in every part of our lives. What is the status of the Holy Spirit? The status is he is active. The status is he is active. Remember, God the Father is holy and he's separate from sin. Okay? Jesus' work was finished 
upon the cross and the resurrection, and now the Holy Spirit is here. So we see the Father was, we see Jesus was, and we see the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is active, and where is he active? On earth, right here, with us. Understanding the why of the Trinity shows us that God has set forth a path for us. Now, if I were to try to use one sentence for this to explain why the Trinity, the Trinity helps us understand that God set a path for us in the creation of the world, of the universe. Jesus came to us as man and taught us the way of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us follow that path. Now do you see how important it is, not that we just understand the Trinity, but we understand why the Trinity exists? The Father has built, Jesus has led, the Holy Spirit helps to keep us on track. You've heard me talk about a few times, and you'll hear it more and more, relationship over religion. And when we think of the things like the Trinity, and I'm, I'm closing now, when we think of the, things like the, the thing like the Trinity, and whether we understand it or not, we begin to see that, wow, there was a lot of thought and love that went into us as humanity. Built the house, Jesus set the way, the Holy Spirit keeps us on track. I look at relationship over religion because I find it hard to believe, and I hope you agree with me, I find it hard to believe that Jesus, that God, that our Father, would do all of this, and then because we weren't baptized a certain way, he's going to say, nope, you didn't make it. God is not waiting to punish us for the things that we do. God is here to bring us closer to holiness, to bring us closer to him. Religion can sometimes get in the way of that. Coming to church for the sake of coming to church can sometimes get in the way of your relationship with Jesus. This is why we're doing our men's studies. This is why we're doing our women's studies. We're getting together outside of a corporate environment and we're relating to one another. We're learning together in small group capacity. And it is my hope that we have many small groups grow from this because small groups focus on relationships with one another more than just coming to church Sunday, listening to the music. Awesome choir today, by the way. Relationship is more than what we're doing here. Relationship is what happens when we get closer together and we get closer to God. So with these studies and with getting back to the basics, I've, God has already outlined the next three to four weeks with us. Next Sunday, we're going to learn about the Holy Spirit specifically and about how the Holy Spirit is here to help us in more ways than you could even fathom. Then we're going to move on to the depth of God's grace. And we're going to explore that 
Because of our sins, secret or not, we deserve to be handcuffed and tossed into the pits of hell because we cannot be in alignment with God if we're living a life with sin. But then comes the net. Then comes grace. And then we're going to step into the whole reason we're going back to the basics is I want to compare relationship to religion. Now, I will never say religion is a bad thing, but we can't let it get in the way of relationship. And that third Sunday is relationship and religion, which also happens to be the same day we're doing a picnic. So invite someone to come eat, to come fellowship with us, and let them learn what the Lord has for them. We're going back to the basics and something else that we're going to do on the fourth Sunday is we're going to have a baptism. But we're going to do things a little different than what some religion might dictate. You see, I like to follow Jesus. I like to be an imitator of Christ. So what we're going to do for those that want to be baptized, and there are a few that want to be re-baptized. Now, there is nothing in Scripture that says you have to be baptized more than one time. But there's also nothing that says that we can't rededicate our relationship with our wives. So some people have asked if they could be baptized again. And for those of you that are more comfortable with a little sprinkle, we're going to do a little sprinkle. But we're also going to go into a body of water. We're going to have a church-wide celebration. And we're going to celebrate the love of Christ together. The whole church is invited to support those that have made that decision to either dedicate their life to Christ or to rededicate their life to Christ. Next week, we'll have a sign-up sheet for those of you that want to be baptized and those of you that want to be baptized again. I cannot iterate enough that that is not a requirement, but there's nothing wrong with rededicating yourself to the Lord as you begin to go deeper even as we touch on the basics of relationship. So if our praise team would come up, we're about to close. And I said at the beginning of service that we had, uh, we had two things happen. One is we have a, 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 an incredible new guest based off of something simple that we did, putting a few speakers up. The other thing was I got a call on Friday. And this is something I didn't do. This is something that the church did in 1988, I believe. It's in the late 1980s. And something as simple as having a little white bus and going across the neighborhood and picking up children to come and have service. I got a phone call from a lady that's in her 30s now, late 30s. I will not say her name for the sake of not embarrassing anyone. But that little white bus from our little church drove by her house at the exact time that she was being assaulted she ran to that bus she hopped on that bus she came to church and that act saved her life God works in mysterious ways and when we operate in obedience God can do amazing things I want to encourage you today get in these small groups get together, grow in Christ, because the more you do, the more you'll see how much God truly loves us.
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone here today. Thank you for their heart. Thank you for their willingness to listen. Thank you for their patience. Lord, I ask that you speak into their hearts, Lord, and if they need to rededicate or dedicate themselves to you, Jesus, give them that time. Give them that urge, Lord. And as the altars are open for that and as the praise team closes in song, may they come to the altar, give their life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. to the next three to four weeks to see what God has really has in store for us. It's not too late in life and it's not too early in life to follow his direction. If you're excited about this, invite someone next Sunday. Have them commit to you. Give us three weeks with them to show them the depths of the Lord, to show them the basics of relationship. And they too will not leave the same way. Sign-up sheets are in the back. Sermon notes are here in the front. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you bless everyone as they leave today. Bless the meals that they're going to take, Lord, and give them a safe, safe week. And we go in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 You are dismissed.